0: Welcome to Parents' Rights Now. I'm Suzanne Gallagher. I want to bring your attention to the event that's coming up. We are sponsoring Northwest Safe School Summit. Saturday, October 3rd at the Shiloh Inn Portland Airport. From 8.30 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. Order your tickets now because right now they are $49. And that is good until September 1st the price will go up to $64. Our guest speakers include Walt Heyer, Rebecca Friedrichs, Vernadette Broyles Esquire, and Heidi St. John. Walt Heyer identified as a transgender woman for eight years, and now he has a passion to help others who regret gender change. He travels extensively to share his history of redemption at conferences, churches, and universities. Walt has appeared on numerous radio and TV shows. Walt's articles have been published online and his many books are a welcome resource to understanding this issue. He is a leader in this cause and nobody can say what Walt says because he's lived it. We also have Rebecca Friedrichs. She is a 28-year public school teacher, and she was forced to fund state and the national teachers unions who bullied and isolated her when she asked for accountability. Her lawsuit, Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association, sought to free teachers and all government employees from forced union membership. It was argued before the US Supreme Court January 2016. Poised to rule 5 to 4 in Rebecca's favor, the court deadlocked after the death of Justice Scalia. However, Friedrich's arguments opened the door for the Janus decision, giving all citizens the right to work in the public sector without forced union control. Our most recent addition, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, is the president and general counsel and founder of Child and Parental Rights Campaign, Incorporated. She's an experienced family law litigator and guardian ad litem, representing the best interests of children in court and has been an advocate for student privacy, parental rights, and Title IX protection in public schools. She brings to this role her knowledge and experience in the legislative process and background in science and research. Vernadette graduated with honors from Yale University with a Bachelor of Science degree in biology and received her law degree from Harvard Law School. And also joining us is Heidi St. John. Heidi St. John delights tens of thousands of readers through her blog, Facebook page, podcast, and book. She is a strong believer in taking political responsibility through knowledge and action. Heidi is the owner of Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver, Washington. She is a homeschool expert, and she will leave you encouraged and inspired. We are so excited about the Northwest Safe Schools Summit and just know that that you are going to get so much out of it. And probably the greatest advantage for participants is just meeting other people who share their values. You can find more information about the Safe Schools Summit on our website, parentsrightsined.com. This is part six of Transgender Ideology in the Public Schools. It's about GSA clubs and the Day of Silence. Much of what I am uh, telling you today about these clubs and glisten, etc., comes straight from their website. GSA clubs, or Gender Sexuality Alliance clubs, are championing issues in K through twelve education since nineteen ninety. The Gay-Lesbian-Straight Education Network, or GLSEN, seeks to make LGBTQ persons a protected class, enumerating specific rights schools must secure for students and teachers. GLSEN is the force behind the Day of Silence. Formerly the Gay-Straight Alliance, now Gender-Sexuality Alliance, GSA clubs are promoted in middle and high schools. Quote, GSAs, for short, are student-run organizations that unite LGBTQ plus and allied youth to build community and organize around issues impacting them in their schools and communities. GSAs have evolved beyond their traditional role to serve as safe spaces for LGBTQ youth in middle schools and high schools and have emerged as vehicles for deep social change related to racial, gender, and educational justice. Using school climate surveys, they make the case that GSAs provide essential support for transgender students while enlisting other students as allies and sponsoring school-wide LGBTQ educational activities. However, GSA support for LGBTQ students is agenda driven, putting LGBTQ identity front and center and limiting parents' involvement. Schools generally cannot require parental permission before their child joins a club. The Equal Access Act requires schools receiving federal funds to provide equal access to non-curricular student clubs. So GLSEN, taking advantage of this legislation, has established the GSAs which have proliferated America's public, middle, and high schools boasting more than 6,500 affiliated clubs across the country. So what do these clubs actually do? Well. Their aim is to provide a safe space, I'm quoting them, for students to meet and share personal experiences and learn about issues related to sexual orientation and gender identity or expression. Activities are inspired by Teaching Tolerance. Teaching Tolerance is a program of the Southern Poverty Law Center as well as P flag, P F L A G, and Glisten, G L S E N. So, for example, the Southern Poverty Law Center encourages schools to quote teach the facts about sex assignment at birth, sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, and to learn how to advocate for LGBTQ youth. Whether you're just becoming familiar with gender diversity or ready to start a gay-straight alliance in your school, our resources can help you, and your colleagues shape inclusive policies and empower vulnerable students, unquote. Tolerance is no longer the desire. Have you witnessed testimonies by gay teens at school board meetings? They are trained and skilled in political talking points and dramatic oratory proclaiming their rights to promote their lifestyle, demanding respect and acceptance. These students are 11 to 13 years in age, but GSA's goal is to turn them into LGBTQ changemakers in their middle school. We have reports from parents in Vancouver, Washington. GSA club advisors, who are teachers also, promote club membership in their classes just like the English teacher did in Lake Oswego High School, Oregon. This agenda is designed to intimidate students, causing them to weigh the risk of being a social outcast if he or she says no to joining the GSA club. We hear from parents that it's now cool to be gay, but even better to be trans. The percentages of students identifying as LGBTQ is rising. Proponents would claim they are coming out because of their same-sex attraction or desire to become the opposite sex. So we ask, well, what does an 8- or 11-year-old know about his or her sexuality given they have not even entered puberty and become fully man or woman? Many of these students join because they just want to be liked. Many students, especially girls, are victims of rapid-onset gender dysphoria frequently spawned by association with the GSA club, as happened with Adrienne Bonzi's daughter, a member of the GSA club at Newburgh High School, Oregon. I want to remind you that not every school has this in the school. It depends on the school district, it depends on your state, it depends on the the school itself, and it depends on the school board. And we'll discuss all of that in following episodes, but I'm telling you about schools that we actually know of who have implemented this and what we're seeing happening. The Day of Silence is promoted in most of the schools that have the GSA clubs in middle and high school. What used to be a day to recognize gay and lesbian tolerance has become a political demonstration during school hours promoting the Transgender Equality Act. GLSEN sponsors the Day of Silence, a student-led effort to protest harassment, discrimination, and hate. Bottom line, students are exploited by government schools to advance the LGBTQ sexuality ideology throughout the captive student population. Participating students hand out cards that read the following, quote, Please understand my reasons for not speaking today. I am participating in the Day of Silence, a national youth movement protesting the silence faced by lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people and their allies in schools. My deliberate silence echoes that silence, which is caused by harassment prejudice, and discrimination. I believe that ending the silence is the very first step toward fighting these injustices. Think about the voices you are not hearing today. What are you going to do to end the silence? Unquote. Health teachers in Beaverton High School, Oregon, present a slideshow to middle school students, encouraging them to participate in the demonstration although they say it is completely voluntary and they are not encouraging anyone to do so so we always have to ask what's wrong with that is it wrong to have an extracurricular club at a school no equal access act it's not wrong we should have more clubs that satisfy the the focus that kids have nowadays for sure. But does that mean that the club should be promoted by the teachers during school time? Does that mean that the club should have a political demonstration one day out of every year? Actually, it's, they have many others, including the Day of Silence, promoting a lifestyle that some of the families in the area, many families in the area, do not support, do not want their children to be experimenting with. That's the problem that we have. And then, of course, parents are not notified that their kids are uh, joining these groups and find out later when their child announces to them that they've decided to change their sex. So my first question is, what is the role of a school? And does this activity coincide with that role? By definition, a school is a place for learned intercourse and instruction an institution for learning, an educational establishment, a place for acquiring knowledge and mental training. The role of education. Uh, The definition that I found online is it's, it's a primary role of education, is to equip people with the knowledge to make a positive influence and difference in society. Also, education helps instill values, attitudes, and behaviors that align with those expected in a society. And as technology and culture change, the role of education evolves, as we have found. That's not new. The core purpose of education will always remain the same, though, which is to empower people with important information and skills so they can be successful in the future, hopefully contributing to benefiting society. But now something has changed in the role of a school. Now schools see themselves not just as educational institutions – but social service agencies where children and families receive all the services they could ever need, including food, full-service healthcare, and eventually shelter. Why not? I mean, they're getting everything else they need at school, right? You'll probably drop them off on Monday and pick them up on hmm, Saturday morning. Is it really the role of a school to change the culture? Well, that's what they're saying about a lot of things. The CSE curriculums talk about that, that the role of the school is to change the culture by teaching students that they can have pleasure by engaging in sex at age 10. Are children meant to drive the culture? Shouldn't they be equipped with information to becoming self-sustaining, not self-destructing? And are they old enough to even make those decisions about telling the culture what it should look like? We know that K-12 CSE is designed to change traditional sexual and gender norms of society. Controversial behaviors are taught to minors, including details of anal and oral sex, mutual masturbation, and gender options. There is no question the goal of CSE and related instruction, like social-emotional learning, or SEL, and critical race theory, CRT, is to dismantle traditional cultural norms, including marriage and family. Oh, and one more thing. The role of a school has become a place where militant activists are born and cultivated by multiple anti-American influencers. I address that dynamic with our second podcast, and we'll expand on that as we unpack the critical race theory. A slight diversion from, but related to, the transgender ideology. Funny how it all works together, isn't it? Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. I remember those days we raised three children, and I was always multitasking. I hated to read long newsletters, but at that time there wasn't this option. You either listened to it on the radio or caught it at another airing, or you totally missed out. The podcasts are the answer. This is so much fun and so much better than a radio show because you can control when you listen. Whether it's now or a month from now, or even two months from now, you have complete control over your access to this information. And you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends and invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. The date is Saturday, October 3rd. Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax deductible nonprofit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about Parents' Rights now.